and we're live. What's good, good people? This your man Andre, and I'm so excited to bring you our special guest today. I told y'all we were gonna have a guest on this show. Promise I wasn't lying. So let me give this man a little introduction. Oh, and we're getting attendance already, man. Blessings. Anyway, let me give this man a little introduction. So he is actually a Chicagoland native. Went to my mother's alma mater, Proviso East High School. Not always been a football dominant powerhouse, but he did his thing enough that he was able to get a scholarship to play Big Ten football, where he went to University of Purdue. From there, he went on and had success at the AFL level, CFL level, and even had a tryout for the Baltimore Ravens. No, did this man stop there? No, he did not because the whole time he had a greater purpose, a greater vision, saying, man, this football thing is cool, I'm talented, but I always know there's next for me. What he do after that? Shoot, he's getting his NBA right now. He's coaching at his alma mater. Drawing up plays, making business move. This man is one of the most kind, humble people I have ever met outside of coaching. I would have never even looked this man way, but he came up to me, shook my hand, and we've been great friends ever since. Man, let me introduce you to my confidant, the man who was the defensive coordinator this season for our team, the man who was a spiritual staple on our program, Facebook family. Give it up for my guest today, Antoine Lewis. It's good, bro. My G. How you doing? <laughs> Man, I am doing well. Ooh, for the Crimson Tide fans, he got the hat on. Yes, sir. Ooh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Man, that that, that was that was a that was a great introduction. That was, yeah, I mean, hey, Facebook, he he went a little too far, but I mean. That's who that's who Nelson is. So. <laughs> Gotta respect it, man. Yeah, all all the due diligence. Man. So, um, let's start off. How'd you get into football? How'd you start playing? Well, uh, you know, growing up, playing like twenty one in basketball, kicking the soccer, but you know, just regular kid stuff. And one of my uh cousins basically he was telling me about his like amazing tales of Plan for the Maywood Bucks and how they would travel here and do this and they would practice when it's cold outside and we used to play like dead man pick up with, <laughs> with uh, no equipment on and I was like I told my mom I, like, I want to play she was like alright and then she put me in there and doing things just, your mom's actually like football though she loves football she like you know true the 85 Bears is like her team true so she just loves football so she was like alright whatever and I did not have that privilege. My parents kicked and screamed the whole time. <laughs> they did not want me to play. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. That's decent. So uh, you started with Maywood Bucks. When was the first time you realized, hey, I'm kind of good at this thing? Uh, well, you know, that's, that's, it's youth league. You know what I mean? I have a few different instances from there. Like, I would say probably um, that year. So I started me off with just defense and then I was playing like a little O-line or whatever. <laughs> Which is, uh, but I'm, I'm a team. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a team player, so I, I never really said anything. My mom did, cause she was like, "Oh, my boy can do this." You, but you know how parents are, right? So they ended up like kicking us the onside. We were playing West at Westmont, and I scored on the onside. Oh, true. So they was like, "Wow, okay." So then in the fourth quarter, they was like, "Just, just give him like a uh, what do you call it, like thirty-four cross buck." 
I never, I never ran the ball in practice. And I already scored, like, early in that game. So I got the cross buck, broke, like, two tackles and scored. Mm. And then ever since then, it was just like, oh, he might could play. So that was, like, one of my earlier moments of uh, true prod- prodigal, I guess, athletic ability. Was that your – how many games was that? And that, was, that was the same game. But that was, like, the towards the end of the regular season. Okay. True. Man, I went a couple seasons till I scored my first touchdown. Man, <laughs> you. <laughs> do, do you remember what it was like scoring your first sound, touchdown? Because for me, it was kind of like unreal. Like <laughs> It was strange. It was like when you see your teammates, your buddies score, it feels different than when you do it. Because mm. when you do it, it's like you give it to the ref and it's like, right, whatever. But everybody's hype. But when other people do it, like you're way more hype. So it was like. Oh, it felt a little overrated, you know what I'm saying? But, huh? See, maybe that's because you got yours early, man. I, sw- <laughs> I swear, my very first touchdown, I played line the first two seasons before they got me in that fullback. Um, I scored off like a one yard fullback dive, and I swear I held the ball in the air. It was like slow motion, like. <laughs> right, so you said you was in the moment. <laughs> Yo, I, I was not that cool. <laughs> Hey, but you know that that sounds like you. I, I'm not that surprised. Just so you know, here, here you go, something slight, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That definitely. <laughs> okay, okay. So you started recognizing other people. Started recognizing. Okay, you know, you're kind of good. Whatever. What was the recruiting process like? Well, I uh, it was interesting because like that was like probably the first. I'm gonna say not the first, but one of the rare times where like we had three to four in the same class. Proviso had, uh, like, big team recruits. Mm. Uh, Corey Cooper's and Kyle Perry, they're both my good, pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. They were in my same class. We, we played many books together, actually. Mm, true. And uh, they, they had great junior seasons as well. They both played varsity as sophomores. I didn't. Um, and they, they did good their sophomore year, too. So a lot of the times I was almost a cast-off. Mm. So I had success and I had interest, but... They were coming to see them and then me. I didn't. Nope. I didn't care. I knew I did good enough after the season to get scholarships. I just didn't know exactly what level, hmm. uh, in terms of like high Big Ten, low Big Ten, or MAC or FCS. But uh, what I did, being the Google baby I am, I Google like like the places, like twenty places I wanted to go to. Looked up like the recruiter, email address, all this, and I had like uh, DVDs. Mm. And my mom helped me mail them out. Mm. And I got, like, interest kind of quick. Yeah, this is wintertime. You know, they recruited in the winter trying to finish up the prior recruiting class. Mm. They got to me kind of quick, like, handwritten letters and all this stuff. I was like, I remember I got my first scholarship offer. It was like, I remember, like, half, most people that were there was like, you know, high school, you kind of got, like, some of the guys, some of the, some of the ladies, even a little, little social click, you know, in the cool crowd, I guess. Yeah. We were all in the hallway. At East, this at the time, like the principal office was like thirty yards, twenty yards away from like where we were at that particular moment. My high school head coach was like a father figure to me. He uh, he always walks up, gives us like recruiting letters. But at that time, it was so normalized that our peers they rather reacted. This man walked up and said, uh, "Hey, this is a uh, hey guy. He called me Anton. Hey, this is Antoine's first scholarship." And everybody was geeked except me. And I was like. Oh wow, that's great! I'll tell my mom, and then like we kept going about our regular like junior and high school interaction, um, and that was that was pretty cool. But other than that, it was 
more mixed bag of experiences with that stuff. Huh. Y'all see the theme so far, though. First touchdown, eh. D1 scholarship, eh. Th this man. Anyway, <laughs> y'all will see more <laughs> as we go on. You know, that was a great word of wisdom, though, Um, how you were proactive on the recruiting scene. Right. That was somewhere I was not, mm -hmm. and I definitely bit the bullet for it. Um, and that was just something I never would have advised, but moving forward, that's definitely something I'll take in as a coach and any other players or coaches listening, being proactive with the film, not waiting on them to come to you, but right. hey, showing them what you got. All right, cool. So, man, you play little league, you play high school, yeah. you get to college. Me knowing Antoine really well, a reoccurring theme is, for whatever reason, the looks aren't there, but he just keeps progressing and going to the next level. So let us, let, let's hear a little bit about that D1 experience and then kind of how things transition from there. Uh, okay, so, so like even in high school, like sometimes we would like, me and my buddies, like I say, um, Corey and Cal, but even like other other buddies we had, like Anthony Body, for instance, he went to Illinois State. Cameron mm -hmm. went to Illinois State. That Cam, so we true. we uh, we Steve McKinney went to uh, mm -hmm. SIU. So we all around the same area. So we had a good barometer, like what we could do a little bit mm -hmm. athletically or whatnot. So competition wasn't really a thing. But when I knew I was gonna struggle early in college, it was like uh, so probably the best player in the Redskins defense now, Ryan Kerrigan. It's a first round pick. It's all Big Ten. The whole spill. I remember watching him the year before when they upset Ohio State on TV. But you know, I think it's TV. I was like, oh, he was good. When I saw him in the same week, <laughs> he was push pressing. Now, if you don't know what push pressing is uh, at home, it's where you have it like a front squat, but you kind of like dip and jump and you lock the weight out. He's push pressing 405. Mm. And he was only like 260. <laughs> Reps with no spot. I was Sheesh. like, uh, hmm, all right, you know. Me, I was doing my measly 155. <laughs> and uh, like a few days later, he was running on his side because he was recovering from like a foot injury or whatever. So he wasn't doing, he was doing the same thing, but just like different modifications on the side. The man had more of a six pack than me. And I was mm. like 175. I was like, wow, well, uh, I don't know about this year. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I came into camp very young and dumb, just very vibrant. Mm. And I balled. But I just had some horrible habits um, mm. on the field. And I realized at that level, like, talent is one thing, but consistency. They didn't mm. want to be able to trust a certain product, so to speak. Um, and also personality type, too. Like, we could talk about that. It's like, because I'm very laid back or I can be a little quirky. And if you don't really know me, like, or if you don't really understand me, it might throw you off. Mm. So it, they, they didn't trust me. You know, that's fine. And, um... Uh, but actually, so my second year, my freshman freshman year, the strongest I've ever been up a body, by the way. I came back like, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to play. And uh, I actually got worse. Hmm. Strange. I actually, my, my first year, I was rich, I was way better than I was my second year. And then I'm seeing guys who, like, was never supposed to get in over me, get in over me. And then middle of the season, I wasn't on special teams anymore. It, hmm. it was one of my earliest battles with depression and mm. just loneliness and I I couldn't understand yeah it was dark it was really dark 
But we were winning, so nobody cared. Uh, <laughs> nobody cared about me. Uh, we went to a bowl and won. So, but uh, I was ready to get up out of there. I mm-hmm. actually was screw this, I, screw this, man. Like I've been lied to, favoritism, the whole spiel. And uh, my head coach, my he ended up getting fired or whatever. He was not going. Like, nope. I'm like, for what? Why keep me if you're hell bent on not playing me? And he, you know, oh, I'm gonna put you at safety this spring coming up, or and what? But really, the reason why I stayed was every day from like the time of like right before our bowl game to like I made it back to campus in January. He called my mom or dad. Oh wow! So <laughs> mom was like, Nick, I already talked to him a few times. Nick, dad was dad. My dad is kind of like he'll say stuff without saying it. He's not really like a hammer type type guy. Hmm. He's man. I don't know, you should think about it. But he's saying X, Y, Z, and and I'm going back. I was playing safety that spring. I haven't played safety since, like, Pop Warner. Mm. And I, I actually had a decent spring. Like, I was I was ready to go into camp mm. competing for, like, a starting spot. I'm, I'm a rich sophomore. Like, I'm good huh. athletically, you know, in terms of football. Yeah. And um, a guy gets him getting kicked off right before camp at corner. He, he wasn't mm. going to play, but, you know, he was, he was a body. And then we have freshmen coming in, young guys, so they didn't know nothing. So, like, I'm bounced between corner and safety at the beginning of camp, but I'm balling that corner, though. Mm. Eventually, by, like, second week, they was like, just play corner. And I was way better than I ever were, and I was way stronger because I thought I was going to play safety. So mm. I was able to play, like, that Revis style because I thought mm. I was going to play safe. So I was just a lot more aggressive and, and hands-on. And just, it, it, the, the guys that came in that was playing receiver was like, you're way different than freshman year. Hmm. But I was. You know, I was like 17 pounds bigger. True. You know what I'm saying? True. <laughs> um, that year, we had five corners, including myself, that touched the NFL helmet. I made it to the NFL, so to speak. Wow. One of my buddies, one of my really good friends, he's a starting free safety for the Falcons. He just got like mm. the huge contract, you know, that, you know, favorite talk about. Mm. The other starter, he played, he was a, uh, he was back up to Jalen Ramsey when Jalen Ramsey was a rookie. Oh. And then getting hurt the next year, so he's in the CFL. Mm. But he made the NFL. Yeah. The third corner was a guy that actually was on his team in the CFL, but he made the Colts as a rookie, mm. and it was a hurt. So, like, when that new GM got there, uh, he said, anybody not named Andrew Luck that's not ready to do OTAs, you're getting cut. So they cut him. <laughs> yeah, it's the grimy. Then it was me, and then my the guy that's the nickel for the Cowboys, who's two years younger than me, Anthony Brown, mm-hmm. he, uh, he was behind me. So mm. it was so much competition every single day, every single meeting. Mm. It was wild. I we knew at the time what we had, but just seeing everybody go their own ways and it was it was proud, you know what I mean? Because out of all the guys that was doing their thing, most of them was D linemen or DBs. True. Yeah, so it was had it to was, be in that group. Yeah, it was Thanks. dope. Um, then we had a culture change. Mm. So the next year, I did for my reps. I did pretty good as a sophomore, junior. I did some things, but uh, no, 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 no. Not the same. And it was very paralyzing, almost. Mm. I had the highest expectations. The I worked my hard. I and it. Uh, I was in my own head. That was when I the time when I realized I lived in my own head a lot. Mm. So over the winter break, I had my few weeks to be at home, get away from everything and everybody, and I said, "Put up or shut up." Period. So we came back for winter winter uh, conditioning and all that, and like uh, twice a week, some mainly Saturday mornings, we would do one on one stuff like that. 
I was dominant. Like, to the point it's like, people that was... <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like in the course of a month. Like by the time we got to like the actual winter condition, like February, mm -hmm. people were like, "Hmm, that's dude." Yeah. And I had a bad season, but some people still were on the fence. Mm. It's fifteen spring practices. The fifteenth was a spring game. By the fifth spring practice, people were like, "It was like after one of our Saturday scrimmages." So like how it is in uh, at least where I played, it was like three sat two Saturdays away from the spring games of scrimmage. One away, no, two Saturdays away from his like special team scrimmage. Mm -hmm. One away is the actual scrimmage, and then the, that next weekend is a spring game thing. Special team scrimmage, I did decent, but I was balling in practice though, so whatever. True, but the scrimmage before, like the weekend before, I just balled like I, mm -hmm. I dominated. I probably played like 30 some snaps, probably got one minus, mm -hmm. and I had like two TFLs, mm -hmm. a breakup, I didn't give up True. a catch. Okay. So afterwards, everybody was like, mm, okay. But I still was thinking about transferring them because how they was, they was, they was talking to me real foul over the winter. Like, mm. oh, we're going to take your scholarship. Mm. I think you should transfer after you graduate. Like, they was talking real foul to me. They was, on, they was really, really getting, getting, getting into me. You know what I mean? Sometimes it was a scare tactic, but. These were the coaches? Coaches. Coaches. And then they related to the players. But some of the, some of the guys was kind of like, Championing it, some of the guys was like, eh, that's kind of weak, you know. So, uh, I was trying to graduate in May so I can be like that guy that transferred, like Russell Wilson did, to like a FCS or Mac or whatever. But I balled so hard, I was like, I'm more than good enough to play really good in the Big Ten, like, you know. So, I, uh, I had a like the last four or five games, I didn't start. You know, like, you kept it losing. They start throwing the seniors against the, the chopping block and stuff like that. Definitely. But I, every game I played, so I, I was basically averaging, like, a PBU a game. Hmm. On this thing of pro football focus, I was, like, top 12 in my draft class in, like, a few different stats. Hmm. Like, uh, True. lowest completion percentage and something else. Huh. This is this is all facts. I, somebody sent it to me, actually, before the draft and stuff like that. So I was balling. I just didn't get a lot of picks and stuff like that. Because he was a man to man. Press man, you know, not too many picks in press man. Mm. NFL GMs aren't normally athletes. They're normally like nerds, guys that haven't played since Pop Warner. They don't really know anything. So I went undrafted and stuff like that. I was ready for it. I got to Baltimore. I balled. So we had four practices to rookie minicamp. My first practice, I was nobody. But afterwards, the guys were like, okay. After the second practice, guys were asking me what round I got drafted in. I was like, no, I didn't get drafted. I was like, no, 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 no. You got drafted, bro. <laughs> this is guys that was getting drafted saying this because I was guarding their first-round pick, wide receiver, who was mm. in like the fastest time in the country that year, but he couldn't really play receiver. So mm. I, I ran out there guarding him right away. Who was that? Perriman. Oh. Yeah, Perriman. True. Yeah, <laughs> True. So I like, he literally probably called one ball on me out of like nine. Mm. And four practice include one-on-ones and teams. Mm. Yeah, I was locking them up. So... It it just became like a, hmm, okay, this dude's different. And they ended up signing me. So uh, instead of waiting on him, like, I could have. My agent at the time was like, bro, let's just let's just take this show on the road. Let's go to CFL or whatever. I'm like, All right, bet. Like, they passed the ball. Let me go. And that was an interesting move because they look at anybody that played in the NFL, especially if you're current, as like gold. So I was gold, but those rules in those coverages different it ain't as simple as 
I'm making it seem, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm what the coaches would call a high rep guy. Like, I'm smart, but I need to do things again and again and again. So, practices, I was mainly solid up and down. I was a rookie. I was a rookie. But in the games, I gave up two games. Now, I played like 70% of the snaps. The first game I started at our stadium. I was the only rookie on defense to start. Facts. And, uh... Second game, I see a second game. I got in like the second series, the second or third series, but I, I didn't come out. I gave up one catch for three yards the whole preseason. And you know, if you're a rookie, they're throwing at you. I yeah, was getting targeted. So after the first game, I was like, my roommate at, uh, when I was up there is like, man, uh, Cleshawn ball. He was the boy to stay. Like he he balled. I didn't. Well hmm. played corner, or whatever. But the next game, he didn't play. He was hurt. I I ball. So all the older guys like me, y'all, you two young guys, y'all, y'all ain't, y'all ain't going nowhere. Y'all ain't getting cut. Worst going to y'all in practice squad. He stays because uh, they liked him a lot, and he said uh, he was hurt. Mm -hmm. So they're like, all right, we we'll stash you. Me, they was like, uh, oh, but we're gonna send you home. <clears throat> who? Send who home? And I'm telling all the older guys when I'm walking out of the room, they're like, what? Guys were really like, bro, they did what? And it was. But that was like the beginning of, like I say, that that little two months of my life was the beginning of like being the best or being really good isn't really doesn't mean anything. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it, it, these are life jewels, man. People, pe I swear. people like I can contact to this day. They's like, how was Twan to see a film? Bro was different. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, but you know, so I went from there. But obviously, my phone hot. Because mm. I recorded almost up in Baltimore. Mm. So I sent my agent. He put it on YouTube. So Twitter. So my phone hot still. This was a moment where I didn't have any disposable cash. I wish I did hindsight 2020. At that time, the AFL still had 16 teams. It was like a big league. Because when I joined, it, they dropped it to four. Because uh, Arizona Rally, they was, the guys were saying, was doing illegal stuff. So they have other team's best player to have them keep on practice squad and pay them more mm. because they win championships every year. So, like, in their town, guys would get showed up just to, like, write their name down and leave work. Getting mm. paid a lot more than they would, like, on another roster. Mm. So, they was doing illegal stuff and other teams felt like they couldn't compete with that. So, the, the team, Jacksonville Sharks, called me, like, uh, yeah, basically, man, two-day trial, find your own way down here, your home hotel, but, like, you're going to make the team. You're gonna. This was, like, the middle of their season. So I could have got a last half a season of film, been in shape still. Got, you know what I mean? It would have been a lot smoother, but I had no bread. Mm, so I'm like, well, damn. get down there. Yeah, I didn't, like I say, I ain't really got no rich uncle or nothing. Like, no, nah, I'm saying, I ain't, I don't, I ain't had that. Mom's one trying to hit. You know what I mean? She, uh, pop, not a question. So let me grind, let me train. Training and all that, and uh, end up getting an offer. Because I went down to uh, Arizona Rattlers workout in October. is like in the Atlanta area. I, I balled out. And the word got around fast in Portland side of me. Because hmm. they was a lot more uh, less established. So I'm like, well, I'll probably make the team. And went down there. Got cut again. <laughs> Wild, though. Wild. Cause I, because the, 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 but, I, but, I, but I saw, as I'm sure we're going to get into this topic of networking, mm -hmm. how that really works in life. Mm -hmm. For instance, we started out with, Three DBs, me, Mike, and Tim. Mike was like, I met him at the Denver Broncos workout like a, a year or two prior, so I knew Mike already. Mike was a good guy. 
solid. You know, so he always used to check on me, come to my room, like always want to hang out. He was good. And Tim was a vet. He's a little older. He's been playing for like his fifth year. You know what I mean? So they it was us three, and then they added a fourth guy like a week and a half later. But it was us all through camp. So I'm learning. I'm taking my lumps, but I'm balling. So it's like I needed all those reps to catch up to the AFL game because it's a lot different. Facts. And um, a lot different. <laughs> so the D coordinator and the head coach was at different places uh, the prior two years. Like I say, it was a bigger league at the time. Man, it's this guy that came. The Monday of the week of last cuts, he didn't practice Tuesday. Practice Wednesday, gave up six touchdowns. Thursday, he was getting cooked again. And then Friday, they cut me, not him. But he played for those guys. One of them, he played from in Pittsburgh, and he played for the other guy, uh, some Pacific Northwest team. He played for them already. Mm-hmm. So they was going with how they was, how I envisioned it was, we don't want to coach. We just want to win. We just want to just put the product already out there. So that was like one of my first instances where I saw like, Networking is a thing. Because mm. coach was saying all the time for like, he showed up. I don't care who you are. If you're not here grinding with us in camp, you don't expect to make the team. I don't care what life instances happen, what's going on at the house. And I didn't know what they was talking about. But I guess the other guys did. And then when he came, they was talking about him. Mm. They kept him, not me. But I was like, mm. what? Mm. But you know that, like I said, that was my theme of my pro football career. It was like, Hmm. All right, before we transition into your coaching starting, yeah. what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself as an athlete? Uh, I would say just, just be you. You know, like sometimes in life, even if we subconsciously know it, we try to conform. Mm. Uh, if I'm saying that word right. Yeah. Conform to to norms or what we think should be norm. Just be Bars. you, man. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just be you because they gonna like it or love it anyway. Hmm. And I feel like I did a good job of that. But it was certain instances where I was like, I, that wasn't me. That's mm. not how I would think. That wasn't how I respond. And you know, that's just kind of fact. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I have some questions about your thought process as a coach. But yeah, yeah. quick, how'd you say? All right, I'm done playing. Let me dabble in this coaching thing. Well, actually, it's kind of wild. I was, so after I got in with the AFL, I went to the IFL, which is like a smaller version, way rinky-dinkier, but some good players there, though. Some good players, man. Some guys came from Canada. Like, it, it's not just Joe Schmoes, you know? Some guys, like, started, like, University of Florida and DB. True. Like, it was some guys out there. Okay. So, uh, went out there and ended up getting hurt. Mm. My luck. First time getting hurt in, like, five years. Hurt my knee. Mm. And you know if you're playing indoor, you're playing that you're you're. So I was like, I was just hesitant. Had one good game. Next game, I was under the make it out of there alive act. But I still played good. Ended up getting cut. So, mm. but I was like, all right, well, I'm talking to my agent and whatnot. Like, okay, what's next? Should I heal up? He was telling me to heal up, but you know, like I say, I'm a Google guy. I'm saying it's like new league in Australia, mm. but it, overseas leagues don't excite me. But it was like. A bunch of NFL coaches. When I say this thing was about to be it, it was. So I turned down Winnipeg that summer. Mm. I'm like, Winnipeg, I know y'all. Because we played against them in the game. So they was like, man, we like you. Like, let's go. Nah, I need to let my knee heal. And I'm going to go over there mm. and see what happened with this season. It's fall. And then we go from there. They was like, all right. I said 2020. <laughs> 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 my shit went up to Winnipeg and 
and, and saw where that went. Because yeah. we played the second game, and I ball. Yeah. They literally was like, wow, you know. Um, True. But in the 23rd hour, so to speak, they folded the league in terms of like mm. what they cited. I mean, they seriously cited like stuff that was going on with our 45th president. Mm. If you know anything about Australia, it's one of the least violent places on earth. Did not know that. Least violent, like least. Mm. Okay. Violent crime, mute. And they were thinking that a bunch of Americans are going to come over there in this time of turmoil and just wreck what they had already. <laughs> which which is valid. You know, it seems like they've been non-violent for so long. Yeah. <laughs> but I was everything. I was kind of like, air, not, you know, people that I'm talking, everybody. Yeah. Man, I'm leaving. I can't wait to go to Australia. Everybody. So geek for me. Happy. Mom too. Everybody. And then when it folded, it was like a week of straight. Mm. I, I was I was I was living, but I wasn't living. I was just like, mm. I'm in a amazing shape. Mine was right. I man, and uh, they folded in uh, life, right? Mm. So basically, I uh, I was driving Uber at the time. Lo and behold, right? Got to do what I got to do. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to kind of be in. I'm one of those people like I talk myself in and out of a lot of different stuff. But I wanted to be like athletic administration. I'm like, man, that'd be smooth. I I know it. I passionate, you know. I'm like 24 or something like that. I forget. And uh, I think the guy from downtown, by Palmer House, I think, cat kind of smooth. Oh, you know, where you working, man? You know, I I try to I tried to balance between like talking too much when I was at Uber and then you know just depending on who the person was. Yeah. And uh, he said, yeah, you know, I work at Arizona State. Hmm. Uh, we're for athletic administration. He didn't mm. tell me he was the associate athletic director. Mm. <laughs> I, I, the end to this story is kind of funny. But we, we talk, I'm talking about my journey, my, so my struggle. He told me his thing. Like, he told me he playing. He was going to go to the league, end up getting like a stinger or something. So you got to come back another year and all that. You know, so we, we vibing. We rocking. He from L.A., hmm. Dorsey High School. True. Man, it's only three hours from uh, Tempe. So we shoot back and forth driving a flight. Oh, you went to Dorsey? One of my position coaches in college went there, uh, Coach Burns. Hmm. Me and Burns hated each other. So I, sh- I-, I was better off not even mentioning him. <laughs> this is why I get back to networking. <laughs> if I never would have mentioned this, man, who knows what would happen. Because you know he was going to say, hey, man, I had one of your former athletes, Antoine. And I know he killed <laughs> I know he did. So at home, if you're going to network, make sure it's going to be for your benefit. <laughs> But you know, I, I just got called in a moment. About hindsight yeah. twenty twenty, I shouldn't have said I knew him. <laughs> um, but yeah, but but it was basically like someone. Like, oh, I gotta get his card. Mm. Gotta hit me up next week. I, I'm geeked. I was done my work day, and I was on almost like First Avenue was kind of almost parallel to the airport. Almost, I'm like, let me slide up there and let up. One of my coaches know, like, hey man, this is what I might be doing, you know? Because they, you know, they care about their 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 former players. Some of them. Uh, it kind of was like, oh, that's dope, bro. They had me speak to the varsity. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> but I spoke to them, gave them a positive word, work hard, you know. you know. Some of the kids were like, man, I appreciate it. I'm like, that's dope. I was talking to the sophomore yeah. head coach at the time. Man, how y'all looking? You know, you know. Interested in what they got going on. Man, we balling. We undefeated. We watched Bam. Mm-hmm. Coach, what you got? I'm, I'm, I literally have no motive. It was him and this other guy. He said, hmm. I called the offense, called the defense, had the water, had the pants. I was a trainer. I'm like, sound like you need a D coordinator. Ha, ha, ha. Joking off. Laugh it off. He said, you got a defense. I said, no, you're lying. 
He said, no, I'm telling you, you can have the defense <laughs> as long as you're on the other field in five minutes. I say, cool. I get a drink of water. I'm talking to people. I'm like, let me walk over there. As soon as I get over there, he say something, and they all turn and look at me, and then I just get the line of people up. This, <gasps> this was a Thursday. This, this was a Thursday. We play on a Friday. Now, mind you, if you go from playing like college and pro ball to like high school, sophomore level football, it's a difference. Yeah. But it was a close game mm. on the road, mm. and we won. Hey. At that, point, at that point, I was like, well, I thought I was still going to be playing stuff like that, but I was like, I was kind of hooked. Yeah. I was, that kind of, I was like, wow, you know, it's not playing, but you know, yeah. seeing my guys have success, and we was just, we was hyped, you know? Fair. And that was like the beginning, but I was a volunteer, though. And then I decided, like, that next, end of, like, in the next spring, like, I was, like, done. You know how it is. Opportunities drop, but, but more importantly, uh, I just didn't want to train like I normally do. And I get it in. Like, I'm over-prepared. That's what I do. I just wasn't there no more. Hmm. It was not there. No matter what I could fake it or what I could, what motivational, Eric Thomas, whatever. I wasn't there. So, I hmm. respect the game and I'm going to get out of it. I told my agent, called him, and he paused. He told me all my career accomplishments, what I did, what he thought of me as a person, a player, and he was so geeked to even have to work with me, and he's mm. watching me since like a junior in college, and mm. it was one of them like super. This isn't the end of the world thing, you know. <laughs> but when you're an athlete, like if you're whatever you are, that kind of becomes a little bit who your self identity is. A lot of it. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me a while to adjust, but I got into coaching. My first year I was a Proviso West. We sucked. Mm. We had, our varsity had some really good players. My team, not really. Next year I was at East. This past year. But uh he was mainly like under the give back my knowledge type thing, not necessarily mm. football. And that's been like the the the, the wide view of my coaching career. Hmm. Alright, so uh man, just getting going, he had some defensive concepts I've never seen. Maybe it was some stuff he did over at Purdue. But he had this idea that was the double bracket. Can you break that down? That that was just something defensively I had never even thought of. Well, okay, so we used to, uh one year we our our DB coach decided he wanted to copy off Nebraska Bo Pelini because hmm. they were like shutting people down, and that was their main coverage. Now, granted, mm. they had like NFL guys all in the secondary, but that was like their thing. So they were saying like. The throw outside the numbers is a low percentage throw. The easy throw is like to the slot, so to like tight ends. Those are just easy throws. Yeah. They decided to double them. So I'm like, hmm. You know, it worked. We tried and probably we did a little bit that like that season, and it worked because like I said, we had good guys at the corner. So I was like, ah, let me let me try that because let's just give take away the easy throw. I feel like it worked, but it didn't work to how it could have because teams have to pass it as much as they should have. Yeah. Our offense uh, didn't uh, they didn't score as much as uh, mm. we uh, wanted. So, but it was it's pretty unique. A lot of people didn't know what we were doing. So, for a fact. Um, and as you mentioned, that is the easiest throw, which usually isn't taken advantage of. Um, and how many defenses don't go with that double bracket approach? You had that middle of the field route concept. I don't want you to give away all oh, your right, right, right. you know gems if you don't want to, right, but right. that was something that intrigued me. Um, again, just another thing you don't really see in football. It's like, ooh, 
that could be dangerous. Well, yeah. My thing is this, like, my thing is, I, I don't like doing what everybody else does. Let's start mm. there, but it's just, it's like this. Let's use football, for example. If this guy has this particular responsibility in a secondary, whatever his responsibility is, I've heard from dozens of different people what it should look like. Third, I know, for example, give you an example, you're deeper than deepest, but if somebody comes near you, it's going to distract you to the point that you wouldn't see anything else around it unless the ball is hanging in the air for a long time. So that's kind of some of the stuff I'm doing. I'm kind of like using what you've been coached mm. against you for in a manipulative mm. type way. And uh, so we'll, 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 we'll see what fruit that uh, that produces. True. Almost some slide of hand type stuff. Yeah. True. I mean, shout out to Sean McVay. I think that's one of the best things he does. And a lot of the great offensive minds. Show you one thing, hit you hit you with something else. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And have options to do it. So, Anyway, I'm not trying to give away all the goodies. You know, y'all might have to come back for an episode next year uh, to catch that one out. So, uh, what is something right now you love seeing in football? Something that coaches coach that excites you. It's like, ooh, that's great. I wish I would have had that earlier. Uh, I would say uh, the running backs getting the ball out of the backfield against slower linebackers and safety mm. that's kind of deeper away from them. Sure. And, um, and uh, I would say putting your best receiver at uh, three strong sometimes. Mm. True. Well, that's three strong for those of at home. That's the receiver that's normally a tight end. Or the Sargis receiver. So as a defense, you look at it like that until you see, like for example, like Keenan Allen at that spot mm, or Tyreek mm. Hill. And it's like, why does this guy have so many production fantasy-wide? Because they're not in a different type of way. They're not going against the best corners. They're getting hid in these different offenses and systems. And then they're uh, producing. So Facts. Okay. What is something right now you hate in football that coaches are doing? Copying off each other too much. Mm. <laughs> True. That's why you know what what the Bears are doing. You know, uh, I got respect. A lot of they obviously they got great talent on defense, individual talent. But they say you know we're trying to pay, we're trying to do this and that. But we realize some days it ain't really us, so mm. we're just gonna really hold the ball. I mean, it mm. sounds lame, but they're not trying to keep up with the offensive explosions. They're like, mm. All right, we feel like our defense can do this, especially can do this. Let's just play to what we do. So they kind of old school, but trendsetters in the same fashion. Facts. Man, old school, that could be one of the biggest revolutions. When everybody else is going spread, you hit them with, uh, man, veer. You know what I'm saying? A lot of high schools do veer. But, you know, just against the grain. Um, you know, a big post-up center. That's how you beat all these little small three-point shooting teams. You know, yeah, just going against the grain. Right. Anyway, um, last question on coaching we'll tackle. What is something you want to see more of from coaches? At all levels? Yeah, and this doesn't even have to be concept schematic-wise. This could even be, like, motivationally. Uh, I would say caring about their guys more outside of their production. Hmm. You know, as humans, we were transactional, naturally. At least Americans, I'll speak on that. So if somebody's doing 
or you want them to, or you, they're in a position to do, you invest more in that person, when mm-hmm. somebody's not, mm-hmm. you kind of look at them like, why are you here? Or you kind of mm-hmm. have that energy, even though you don't say it, you know, but... Facts, I'll own that. <laughs> in, 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 investing in these people, uh, you know, because they are under your watch, and, and mm-hmm. what you say does have value. And, I mean, I know we look at it as sometimes coaches like, well, I don't want to be a dead horse. If the person's not listening, that person might not have anybody in their life mm-hmm. even close to listening to like they listen to you. So just kind of being a little less transactional with how we deal with uh, the guys. That was deep. I'm going to run that back for y'all. Just because... Mm-hmm. They don't seem to be listening to you. They might be listening to other people less. Man, preach on that one. Yeah. All right, so a, a pretty smooth transition. Pretty instantly, when I came, you were one of the first people to dap me up and have conversation with me. Right, and, right. you know, Coach Bella, he was obviously nice, but you were one of the first that really, I felt, brought me into the family. Mm. So can you speak on the dynamics that you see in a family amongst the coaching staff, player coaches and relationships, etc. Uh I feel like, you know, the one thing about sports, I, I forgot what uh what pastor said this. What pastor pre said this, but uh he had a quote that seven eight PM in the fall in Death Valley at Baton Rouge at LSU, at LSU Stadium it was more spiritual than any of his services at church, including the holidays. And he said the reason is because most of the people there are all on the same mission and want the same thing to happen. They're pulling together. So that's the beauty of sports. And sports in America is kind of what keeps us united in uh, certain instances and things like that. So that's kind of how I viewed it. That's deep. He just blessed this with a gym, y'all. I wouldn't have came with nothing like that. Whew. <laughs> okay, so just the unifying force. Right, right. That sports brings. Okay, I feel that. I feel that. Um, I'm going to get a little personal with this one. Go, go for it, go for it. I know when you were younger, your pops wasn't around too much. That's a fact. What, how did you find a male role model, a father figure, someone that you could example yourself after? And how do you think that's played out? Well, uh, I would say, like, you know, you have common sense. Even as you're growing up, as you're younger, you will see sometimes more than likely what not to do. Mm. You know, this person is alcoholic. Uh, this person cheats on his wife. Or this person, you know, you, you know, you see a bunch of that. And I had different father figures on and off. Like obviously, like some family members, but like different coaches and things like that. Uh, and I kind of even them. They're not perfect, so I saw mm-hmm. what to do and what not to do. In terms mm-hmm. of how has it affected me now? Was that your last question, right? Yeah. Uh, I I, I try to be. Uh, I would say father figure more of a a positive influence on not even just people I coach, but like just people that that know me or that come across me. Um, I said I'm perfect either, but. I'm just, you know, moving towards uh, your purpose and, and, and even along that path, you can be nice to people too. Because hmm. you don't know what nobody's going through ever behind closed doors and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I felt about that. And, you know. So it was more of a learning, not so much the what to do's, but the how not to move. Right, right, right. Seeing what not to do, you know, because there's always consequences. Even if they're not mm-hmm. right then and there, they, they can be cumulative. 
Mm. Like my dad, he he's he one thing he has always been is transparent, and he has a uh, several baby mother, baby mothers and stuff like that. Seems stereotypical, and it's fine, judge. But uh, he always said like you know, don't be in a rush to have kids, don't be in a rush to get married like I did. You see it in work, X Y Z. Take your time. This is your show, your world. We're just waiting on you. So don't mm. you know make any hasty decisions. And coming from him, you know, because he made those mistakes, it meant a lot. So, mm. able to own up to him. That's real. So, um, we're projecting he doesn't have a kid. Maybe on a future episode, we'll have someone with a family. But I don't have a family. Y'all gonna have to deal with this this week one. Um, is there anything that you now have in your head for when you're a father that you want to make it a point of emphasis? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I would say it's like my substitute teaching tenures, stuff like that, and coaching and having younger uh, family members. Something that I know about the youth, the malleable, mm. the malleable minds, yeah. is we all have family members. Get off this! Get off this! Or don't do that! Or get good grades! I mean, that that's that's probably the most common Definitely thing in one. our community. <laughs> get good grades and go to college and and. But something that I had to come to realize is from my own is seeing that malleable minds, young children, even teenagers sometimes, they go off more what you do instead of what you say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so whatever I say to my child or children, I have to already have done or am mm -hmm. doing to really feel like they have to take heed, you know? I feel like some parents or like family members are like, I'm older than you, you go to school. And you're like, mm -hmm. uh, nah, I'm not doing that because you didn't do that. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of being more, Oof. what I say or what I ask is what I've done or what I'm doing. Yeah, so mm -hmm. just trying to be more thorough from that perspective. To piggyback off that, Dad, I've loved you. Our whole childhood, Andre, you better be ready. You better be ready. You better be ready. Get my stuff. Me and mom looking at each other like, we still waiting on dad. <laughs> hey, you gave me a lot of great lessons, though. I, I, I work hard till this day because I saw you do it. So um, like you said, you know, seeing what you do, not what you say. And even furthermore, I'm going to say that with coaches, too. Um, you know, we're not full time living with them, but. The kids, they, they, they can sense it. They can sniff BS when you're not walking what you're talking. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, man, we're progressing to the family. But uh, one of the things that caught my eye about you, not just you being a great person, you know, football mind, but I could just tell you had a relationship with God. And that was something that I respected as you openly spoke it in front of the team. So... How did you start in your faith walk? What are the some principles that you felt have helped you over the years? Just a quick little breakdown. Uh, well, uh, you know, family. Some family members talk about you know going to church and things mm. like that. And uh, we stopped going to church as a family like a long time ago when I was like five. Yeah, so it was oh, all but. Huh. I didn't believe in the devil, you know, but I, you know, I just, <laughs> so, uh, this was like high school. This was like my junior year. I remember we used to be working out, my high school coach, me, like a bunch of other guys. These are guys my age. And they're talking about the service at Rock of Ages. Hmm. And I'm like, 
wait, y'all go to church and y'all like church? They're like, yeah, dude, you should come. Hmm. So eventually I end up coming and then, you know, you do that whole embarrassing thing or raise your hand, it's your first time here. And I was one of those people. <laughs> but I, uh, some of the concepts and some of the things they were saying really resonated and uh, it kind of hit home, you know. Um, hmm. And I went, I went to life that I barely skipped. Um, and I ended up getting baptized that summer, June of 2009. If I can interject real quick, do you remember what made it fun? Well, it just it just was a different experience in everyday life. Like like mm -hmm. high, that's not high school or like even TV. It was, it was different, mm -hmm. different experience, and uh, it seemed to have a a a, uh, a grip on everybody that came consistently, like type thing. So mm -hmm. almost addicting in a good way. Yeah. So that's kind of okay. Um, my bad, I stopped you mid-story. You went and got baptized. Yeah, June 2009. Uh, okay. I forget the exact date. Yeah. Okay. Got baptized. True. Um, is there a, a value or principle that you like to use in your day-to-day -day with your future family as you look at coaching? as you're looking at this business degree that is something that keeps you kind of solid and anchored? Is faith related or more practical related? Either. Uh, what you get in, what, what, you, what, you, what you put out, you're eventually gonna get. Hmm. You, know, you, you know, it's like direct deposit, for example. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're not putting anything in, Saturday time to go out, don't go to the ATM, you know, because just there's nothing there. Hmm. But that's that, that's a big issue with a lot of people uh, that are finding themselves without a purpose or that's hmm. kind of stagnant for a long period of time is that we all want the results. Hmm. Want to make this amount of money, want to stay here, you know. And it's so easy to see on social media now. It wasn't always like that, these different people. Hmm. But if you're not willing to put anything in, how could you realistically think you can get something out? Mm. So I always believe that, and I have, just like every person that went to college, when you graduated, you know. If you grind hard, you probably get a good grade on this class or this exam, and yeah. so many different audiences in life that that applies to, so. Okay, okay. Um, I was gonna ask any last nuggets, but we never talked about networking. Oh, right, yeah. Is, is there a quick dime you want to drop on the people because you came in with a pretty, you know, passionate story about that? Oh, well, so networking is this. I, I told my mom about this the other day. Like, people always say networking, networking, networking. You know, they talk about this like it's a button you push and then you network with people. <laughs> what I will say is this. What you can do, no matter who you are, you got your, your, your iPhone or whatever, your Samsung you can Google people in your field or people or places you want to work in, it, generally public information. You can mm -hmm. call them, you can email them. Mm -hmm. They won't always be nice to you and they always won't respond, but the people that do, it, it's just putting a name on the face type thing. I'll say all that to say this. Ever since I graduated college to now, a couple years span, what you know is great. Who you know is everything. Mm -hmm. I've seen from jobs to different situations, if I if I know Nelson, if I know Nelson, he's interviewing or something. He's he's amazing, 
But if but if I if Nelson's cousin or, or somebody he has high respect for, hey Twan, such and such is coming to look out for him. The odds of me looking out for him are pretty high. Now, if you're that person that has no type of resignation or connection with me, you can have the best cover letter, best resume. We'll see. <laughs> so uh, I hate to say it like that, but but the art of networking and being very tight with people that are important is is the utmost. Now, then you have people that like my cousin was having a conversation with me. She was like, I don't know these people. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, man. I'm not telling you to spy on people. <laughs> but like I said with social media you know where these people are gonna be at people mm -hmm. post they're at this place or they go to that place or they say this is coming up mm -hmm. show up there with your resume with your mixtape <laughs> and, and, and the last piece of that is you only get one time for a first impression mm. you come look like you one of them people and that you serious about something more likely than not somebody be like let me take a look at that. Or let me think about it. Let me... And who knows where it goes. But if you come with a with a type of energy like you've been defeated and it's not going to go anywhere, your shoes ain't tied, <laughs> your, your collar wrinkled, you know, you just lowering your eyes. So mm. presentation and networking is, is if you're trying to get somewhere, anywhere, that's what I'll give you. Mm. That's, that's what I'll give you. Man, well, y'all get it. Football, family, faith, and first impressions right here with uh, me and my good friend, Antoine Lewis. Um, Man, closing remarks. I learned a lot about him personally in just this session. Um, This was a great opportunity. I hope that we bless y'all with some knowledge. Um, man, I asked him before and I'm still gonna stick to this. Uh, you want to get a little co-prayer out? Sure. You can sure. kick it off and I'll okay. bring it home. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for waking up this morning. Lord, uh, bless us with a uh, safe and uh, joyful holiday season and let uh, the uh, desires of our heart uh, be requested by you, Lord. Hmm. Father God, thank you for bringing us together for this fellowship. Man, let us continue to seek you, grow in you, have you solely planted in our heart. If you have our heart, you can transform our mind, our habits, and ultimately our lifestyle. May this be a blessing for whoever ears it falls upon. May it be that knowledge that can help someone get to another place that they're trying to be in football, with their relationships, with their faith, shoot, even with their first impressions. <laughs> Lord, you know our heart. You know we're not perfect, but you know we're growing every day in you, and that's all we can do. Man, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, man, so on. was a blessing. Amen. Cool. Yes, hey, sir. And until next week, we'll let y'all know when uh, we have our next guest for this show. Catch y'all.